Yep, you're listening to one of many, many, many podcasts in the world that are celebrating Stanley today. This is the Old Titans. I'm John Paul. Very solemn B man. And I'm Miranda. Oh, it's red. Sure, that's fine too. Okay, I can't change. I can't. Even, I don't have to make fun of her. This is. Brutal. It's not making fun. I'm just. I'm keeping. I'm making sure the audience well, knows who's I'm here. I'm not really on here all that often. Would they even remember me? It's the same thing with the other show that I was on. It's like, do they even remember me? Probably not. Well, they remember. They just don't care. But do you know that's who bad. they? Do you know who they will remember? Who? Stanley. See will. how I brought that back? Yeah, brought it right back. You know, trying right to back. keep it light, though. You know, because this is this is not a time to be sad. We're gonna be sad, but it is a time to celebrate. His life, not celebrate his death, obviously, but no. celebrate his life. He had 95 years of bringing joy and happiness to the world, and that's going to continue for how many more centuries, do you think? Well, technically, he would never die in that way, because yeah. his creation, Spider-Man, Hulk, yeah. Desk Four, um, yeah. Thor of the Comics, everybody he made, they didn't live forever. Yeah. So technically, does he really die? Right. And he can't, because he's the one above all. The one above all? Yeah, isn't that what who who he is? He's technically the god in the Marvel Universe, the oh. one above all? Yeah. Or a watcher or something. But yeah. yeah. But yes, he's he's the one with to be fair, with Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko and all the others. Yeah. But Stan was the one who made the company, you know, Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. They helped create the characters that will live on forever. Yeah. Right. But he helped create the company that mm-hmm. really yeah. did the whole thing. So we figured we'd spend some time today reminiscing, talking about, you know, mm-hmm. Stan Lee, his life, his creations, our thoughts, all that kind of stuff. So, um, B-Man, since you always say you're the host with the most, I am. do you want to kick it off some oh, it's, thoughts about Stan Lee? even say anything at all, like, you know me, I, I have a sense of humor. I make jokes about things. That's yeah. how I deal with things. Yeah. And I want to make a joke about this because he had such a big sense of humor himself. Would Stan Lee, in your opinion, really want people to mourn for his death? I don't think he would. No. I think you want people to say, no, you know what, sit around a table, tell your favorite Spider-Man story, whatever it is. That's what I think you'd want. I just can't. I just oh. basically can't right now. When those those are, when I, I've, I've been to other funerals and, you know, you, after funerals you go and, you know, if it's a close family member, you go and hang out mm-hmm. at the house and you talk. Mm-hmm. And usually the best moments, I mean, the funeral is something you got to go through, you got to do, right. the burial and all the rest. But the best moment of any of those kind of things is always that sitting around the house afterwards, everybody telling stories, mm-hmm. the ones where you can make each other laugh. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's what he, he'd want us to remember, all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, I can tell one I can tell one story that was kind of fun, one of those that um, a regret. Here's, here's a regret. <laughs> it's really cool, though. It's, it's, it's a cool kind of regret. So um, I started my convention-going life as a young young whippersnapper, mm-hmm. young kid, probably seven, eight, nine, I don't know, something like that, years old, um, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the Atlanta Comics um, Expo and Fantasy Fair. So Atlanta Fantasy Fair is what kind of was known as. And one year, Stan Lee was one of the guests there, mm-hmm. along with lots and lots of other people. Mm-hmm. And me and my dad were staying at the hotel. This was the Omni in, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And it had one of those glass elevators where you look out over everything as you're coming, you know, going up and down the elevator and you're seeing everything. So you're, you're as a little kid, it's like, wow, cool, cool, cool. And conventions of the time were not the tens and tens of thousands of people. You know, you're talking a couple thousand people, you know. Mm-hmm. This was one of the big ones, and it was still just a couple thousand people. This was probably early 80s, something mm-hmm. like that. And um, 
we'd been up the room for some reason, probably to get a comic or something to go get autographed, or I bought something in the dealer's room and took it back to the room. Mm-hmm. But me and my dad were um, coming back from the room, got in the elevator, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th floor, you know, pretty high up, hit the button for lobby, start down. Nobody's in the elevator. Something that never happens today. Mm-hmm. Nobody's in the elevator. Starting to go down. No more than a couple floors down. Bing. Door opens up. And Stan Lee walks in. Mm-hmm. Not with security. Not with an entourage. Just the man himself walks in. Turns. Make sure the button. You know, everybody always kind of hits the button again. Even though it's already hit. I don't know why we do that as humans. We hit the button again. Doors close. And I'm sitting there. And inside. That's Stan Lee. That's Stan Lee. And did not say anything to him. Didn't, you know. You were seven. I, it's okay. I know, but dude, that's that's why I said it's kind of a cool regret. It's a, yeah, I understand why I didn't say anything. I was young. But that was kind of cool. I got to ride in an elevator with Stanley. So that's, that's you know, a Stanley memory. My favorite memories was when Universal Studios Islands Adventure opened up. They've held Marvel Island. Yeah. They've been there many oh, times. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's beautifully done. Yeah. And he was there. And most people wanted their own entourage. Steven Spielberg didn't want people around him. He always had his, you know, his gathering in front of him. People right. couldn't really get too close to him. Stan Lee sat at Fantastic Four Cafe. I don't know how long. What I heard was hours. Just telling people stories. Oh, that's cool. That is amazing. You know, no entourage, no that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm sure you have people around him with that kind of stuff. But he just sat there telling his stories, and he loved it. And if anybody out there, just to think of this, you know, because we talked earlier, is this tragic? No, it's not tragic. He's 95 years old. But to imagine to be his age, you saw your creations not only come to life in the comic book, but the TV shows, to movies. To to a theme park. <laughs> theme parks. I mean, just seeing what you made and seeing that everywhere. It's He lived a life that we could only dream of. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, it was incredible. And he was so humble about himself. He really was. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no ego there with him. I never saw an ego with him. Some people might think it was an ego because of the way he present everything but it was not ego it was just he was very over the top in everything he did it was intentional because yeah. he loved what he did yeah and he loved his work yeah so go ahead my go turn ahead. yeah ah well not unfortunately not quite as amazing as either of your stories but about five six years ago we were at megacon mm-hmm. you know stan lee's gonna be there because he's at megacon all the time and you know where i'm like you know what this year i'm gonna do it i'm just pay to get my autograph from Stanley, which I still have. It's my Spider-Man comic. Right. It's in like one of those fancy plastic case thingies. Which Spider-Man comic? Oh, God. Was it, was it like a special one, like a number one, a number anything? You think or? I can afford a number one? Probably reprints. No, yeah. it's, it's just a regular Spider-Man comic. I was poor and broke at okay. the time. It's like, Stanley's here. You know what? I'm going to... Because yeah, that's where all my, my con money went was to okay. go and meet Stanley. And I got it signed. And, you know, I got to see him. And it was so surprising that he was my height. <laughs> <laughs> he was my height, but he was he well, was a lot. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But oh my god, he was so sweet. Yeah. And you know, he came in. He's like, oh yeah, nice one. Or, uh, he was just so sweet and so nice. But he was also super tired because he had been there all day. Well, yeah, that's. I mean, <sighs> at that point, he was still what, right at ninety years old, yeah. 89, 90 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope. That I'm still going as strong as he is when I'm 90. Right? Yeah, 90. I want to be going to cons. I was 70 that age. I want to be going to cons at 90 years old. Yeah. That'd be it. That'd be great. But yeah, that's my stand. It's not quite as impressive, but I got to meet him once. It was really And nice. even the cons he did, he did until he couldn't do it anymore, physically yeah. couldn't do it anymore. No. And even after he retired from doing it, because of the victims from the hurricanes, yeah. he came back and did another one. Yeah. 
money to them. That's the type of person he was. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So. That's, and incredible. Mm-hmm. And uncanny. He was. And yeah. um, invincible. And mm-hmm. so, many other good words. I'm going to ask you guys a question here. You talk about briefly outside a little bit. Um, he's been in all these movies. Mm-hmm. All the movies. I think almost all of them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't think of one he's missed. There might have been one, but I can't think of What is going to be more difficult for you? To see the first movie, the, his last cameo appearance, uh, or the three. first movie where he doesn't do a cameo appearance? What's going to be more difficult for you? I'm guessing, the very, for me, the very next one is probably going to be the most difficult. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it might even be the last, or, or anything I, like I that. I think they have the next three cameos, is what everyone keeps saying. I know the next three movies coming out, mm-hmm. we got Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. Avengers 4, mm-hmm. and Spider-Man, what's Far From Home, I think is the title. Yeah, which is going to be the last one, I think. Yeah, which... th- those are the next three movies coming all over the next what, seven mm-hmm. or eight months. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Avengers is the only one I know he's got a cameo in, but I don't know about the other two. Um, I just think, personally, it'll be whichever one I see next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if I missed one, it'll be whatever I see mm-hmm. next will be the hardest, because that'll be... One of those times where it kind of punches you in the gut. It's gonna be the it's gonna be the far from home one, I think, for me. If that's just gonna be his last one, yeah. And it depends on what they put in it too. Mm-hmm. But what about you? I I think it's been the next one because just thinking of it. Well, actually, I don't know. Probably the last one. Just when I saw Carrie Fisher yeah. in the Last Jedi, mm-hmm. knowing like, that was it. Oh my god! You know, and especially when Kylo Ren's come out of the ship and she's gonna shoot the ship. I'm like, I'm don't shoot the ship, please. And you see her face, like, oh god. And that was it. And Except was, it wasn't oh, it. Then it she wasn't. Came, then she came back. Yeah, it should have yeah. been. It. I know. A lot yes, of, anyways, so, yeah. But, but uh, a lot of a lot of promise with that movie. <laughs> uh, just going back to Stanley, it's just I don't know. I, I don't want to see him the next one, but I don't want to not see him. Mm-hmm. That make any sense? Yeah, no, it does. It's, it's tough. I, I don't know how to handle it. Um, he's one of those guys. I think everybody's taking this one hard, even though he was like I said ninety five years old. Okay, yeah. you've lived an amazing life. Yeah. But he's like part of all our family in a way. Like even home Thanksgiving Day, we almost expect to see him. I mean, he's been involved in so many different things. I mean, I'm wondering um, this Thursday, Big Bang Theory. Um, he's been on the Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, many mentions as well. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> what will they do? You know, will they just have a you know a slide come up at the end mm-hmm. where the characters mention it in the episode? Mm-hmm. I mean, they talked about Stephen Hawking and Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they've mentioned other ones that the characters cared about. I don't know how they can not mention Stanley oh, yeah, on there. Absolutely. I don't know how they're going to do it, but they're going to do it. Yeah. Um, but he's been in everything. He's been animated. He's been live action. He's physically been in everything. His voice has been in everything. I mean, mm-hmm. to me, the voice I always here is, you know, from back in the, the cartoon days mm-hmm. with him doing the voiceover um, for so many of them, Spider-Man and other stuff. Amazing sprint over that one. Some yeah. Person, person. yeah, yeah. I just, he's had a very distinctive voice. He does, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very jovial voice, and in the video games, he always had appearances in them as yep. well. Um, you know something I need to do? What's that? I have to find a time. I want to go back to Universal and um, ride Spider-Man. We know a guy. We know a guy. <laughs> we know a guy that gets in that. But how many how many different places is he on that ride? Three or four. He's in the truck. Yeah, he's in the truck. He's at the... He's on the street. The very end of the... When they capture yeah. him, he's in the very end. Take yeah. pictures. Um, he's in that one. So that's three. His voice is both over the Hulk roller coaster as well. I think yeah. you, you hear him inside. So he's. I can't do a roller coaster. No, but just yeah, walking the line to hear his voice. It's just. Yeah. It's tough, man. It's tough. Um, okay, so what's his favorite favorite cameo of his? Favorite cameo? Yep. Um, 
of the Marvel movies or any cameo he's any ever cameo done? Any cameo at all. Any cameo at all. Um, one of two. I know I said a different one in line earlier at Chili's. Mm -hmm. We're at Chili's, so they don't sponsor us, but hey, if they want to, we're mentioning you. Chili's, great place to eat. <laughs> um, anyway, I mentioned earlier Mallrats. I'm going to stick with Mallrats as my number two choice because mm -hmm. he had such a long scene in that. Yeah, he did. But I liked his animated appearance in the Spider-Man cartoon mm -hmm. where you had Spider-Man, the real Spider-Man, switch universes and come into the real universe. Mm -hmm. still animated, but in the real universe. Mm -hmm. And got to meet Stan Lee. And then he took Stan Lee um, web-swinging. Mm -hmm. So you see Stan Lee you know, holding on around the neck, you know, swinging. That's, that's kind of cool. I'm actually going with Marat's myself. I love Marat's appearance there. Because yeah. he, when they got Brody back together with his girlfriend, yeah. he's, you know, he changed his life, essentially. And it was such a cool appearance. Because Brody's mentioning about superheroes, yeah. private areas, that kind of stuff. And Stanley's like, come on. And seriously, <laughs> get back on. But he had such a good, such a humor about himself. I just, I don't know. I gotta go with that one. And that's probably visually how I picture him the most, is the Marat's appearance. I haven't seen Marat's. I guess I'm going to have to. <laughs> Need to see Marat's. Um, yeah. I went... For anybody listening, this is not for kids. Don't no. show this one to your kids. This no. is for 18 and older. Yeah, don't, don't do but, that. But um, yeah, it's Kevin Smith. It's just, you know. Well, yeah, Kevin Smith. What up, God? Probably I even wonder the if kid. he's going to do a podcast, too. I'm sure he oh, did yeah. already yeah, if he hasn't he already. Has, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I guess I'm going to have to say, this is going to sound weird, but probably my favorite in the Marvel movies, that okay. is, was uh, probably Age of Ultron, where he's, like, being carried off after drinking Thor's, like, god oh. drink. <laughs> I thought that was great. It was good. Yeah, there's, good there were there. several in the Marvel movies that were, I mean, I don't think any of them were bad, but there's mm -hmm. several really cool. Um, I love the one with him and his wife both. That oh, was yeah. that was the first that Avengers, was wasn't Avengers, it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, so first Avengers, mm -hmm. his wife got to make an appearance. Wow. Um, I love, even though the, um, not the Tobey Maguire movies, but the second set. Um, Andrew Garfield. Garfield. The Garfield. Those Spider-Man movies were not my favorite. The library one? The library scene. That oh, was yeah, great. That was that was such great. a good scene. Um, all of them. Mm -hmm. you know, but especially when he has some kind of line. Mm -hmm. you know, I've got a package here for Mr. Stank. <laughs> and Mr. Stank's here, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> I mean, I don't even to say right now. Like, is he the biggest name in comics? I think in comic books, he yeah. probably is, will be the biggest name ever. Mm -hmm. um, you know, most most genres, most sports, most everything have you know like a key name, like baseball Babe Ruth, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, since I was a bowler and worked for the bowling company for a while, Earl Anthony, y'all might not know who that is, but no idea, mm -hmm. but. There is somebody who has actually won more games than him and has had a huge career. Walter Ray Williams, who's an incredible bowler, but even he points to Earl Anthony and says he's the best ever. So I think it'll be the same in comics. Even if somebody comes along that ends up having just as big of a career as Stan Lee and does so much, everybody I think is always going to point to Stan Lee as well, he's, he's got the man. Created it. I mean, I should think of it, not created it, but okay, you're a DC guy. Yeah. Superman's the first one. You can go back even further to I the know, Phantom know, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but yes. Superman was the first big one. Right. Batman followed shortly after. Right. right. A couple years was it? Well, about a year. Okay. Or less. Yeah. But really, because Stanley's involvement, and he came in Marvel or at the time with somebody else. Atlas. Atlas, Atlas you know, They asked him and they hired him, and he created all these new ones. Now, all of a sudden, DC's like, oh, now we need to step their game up. So they stepped their game up, and that's really what pushed comics to where they are right now. 
I believe. I mean, yeah. would DC be as big if it wasn't him? You no. know, he never really... I think the, he wrote comics. DC comics. He wrote something, didn't he? You did um, work for DC for a little bit. At, long after he left Marvel, right. he came back in and they did a um, Stanley Presents. Mm-hmm. And they did a bunch of prestige format books right. where he reimagined Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, and so mm-hmm. on. And did... They were one-shots. Right. Yeah. I've got them all. They're very cool. Um, it's not... I would have gotten an actual Marvel comic to get him an autograph if I'd gotten mm-hmm. that. But... Uh, but they were they were kind of neat, and in fact, the Stan Lee on it is even his signature. Mm-hmm. You know, Stan Lee, dot, you know, presents dot dot dot, and then that's cool. Yeah, it, it, but it was kind of cool. Um, I don't know how much he wrote of the story or how much it was him saying, "Ooh, make him this," and then somebody else wrote it. I, I don't know how much was him doing every word balloon and all the right, rest. Right. But yeah, he did that. But most most of his work was all you know, it was all Marvel. Uh, but yeah, you're right. He the comic book world would not exist. Or definitely not exist anywhere near what it is without that guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think all these like Comic Con that exists? MegaCon probably wouldn't exist at all. No, I mean, just, it really introduced everybody to everything. Mm-hmm. Like gaming, how many people get into gaming because of the love of comic books? Like yeah. problems gaming industry. Yeah. It's just it's um, yeah, probably the convention circuit. I, San Diego Comic Con would not have happened, but there still would have been a convention circuit. But it would have come out of the Star Trek world only, yeah. and right. it would have been that. Right, right, and that's okay. We'd had a, you know there were our Star Trek conventions, which are great, been to many of them. But I think it would have been tied only to that. Yeah, um, and eventually, hopefully, branched out, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but luckily for us, we didn't have to experience Wait. a world like that. Yeah. Yeah. We had to experience <laughs> one with a little of everything in it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I want to live in a world without Stanley, man. I mean, just he changed people's lives. Just everything. All right. So if you if you look back at all the stuff he created, okay, um, let's not worry about you know get into the nineties with all the rest, you know, in, in, in sense. But go back to the books he actually created, characters he created. Could be TV shows, could be um, cartoons, could be movies, whatever. But which character or which book or which whatever you know is your favorite? Oh, Spider Man. Spider Man. Amazing Fantasy Fifteen was the first one he wrote. That I yeah. believe yep. he created that in. Uh, Spider Man is really one that really just evolved the best because mm-hmm. he was he was went there with um as you talked about earlier Clark Kent Amazing Life was, yeah. know, he's a reporter Good Life Bruce Wayne Millionaire yeah um, Barry Allen I think he's the, who's the first Flash who was the first Flash uh, well Barry Allen was yeah. the Silver Age yeah, okay. he was yeah. Silver Age because uh, Walter so, or uh, Wally came second and then introduced Spider Man who was a geeky kid who didn't have really any friends glasses no money um, no money at no all. Money. Aunt, his parents were long dead. His aunt was struggling. Aunt and uncle was struggling. His uncle dies because yeah. of him, in a, in a weird way. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, so really, that was different. Mm-hmm. It's like wow, you actually created yourself in a way. Yeah, I mean, he created something that the readers could identify with. Yeah, even if they were not as poor as Peter Parker. Yeah. Peter Parker was living in a real world, having yeah. real world struggles. Yeah. But even at the time, yeah. comic books were pretty much most. I think. Fandom has changed a lot over the years. Where yeah. okay, girls play video games now. That's crazy. Back in those days, it didn't. Yeah. Well, there were video games back in those days, I guess. But you know, when comic books first came out, they really were for the geeky kids living at home. So he really reached out to a lot of those. Yeah. Peter Parker was those kids. The first comics really were aimed at that sort of seven to twelve year old boy. Right. That that's kind of where it was aimed. What he did for comics was give it the option for. As those kids aged, mm-hmm. they could stick with it because they pretty much dropped out once they were past a certain age. Basically, once they discover girls, yeah, they stopped reading comics. I mean, right. you know, you, as they were turning teenager. Now, yes, it might have still been mainly geeky, 
you know, boys, but they could grow up with the comics because now the comics were showing life past that. And the, mm-hmm. not to say there weren't girls reading comics and all the rest, but I mean, yeah, yeah it's been a slow transition over time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure if you went back to the mid '60s and went to an average high school or middle school and counted how many people didn't read comics, you, know, you can tell me secretly, nobody will know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you still would have had a vast majority boys over over girls, yeah. but um, you suddenly because the characters were growing up, you got to grow up with them. Mm-hmm. And then DC, you know, basically started doing the same thing as you got into the '70s. Um, DC's characters started doing the same thing. Um, that's why for a while there you had you know. Teen Titans and X-Men were two of the best-selling books because they were very similar in, in style and so on. What about you, character-wise? What, what character or book or anything else? Who's your favorite? Uh, his stuff. You can say Shipperlo if you want to. I think that was his, right? <laughs> Shipperlo was his? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, my God. I don't want to say Spider-Man because that was yours, but honestly, he's pretty that, up there. That's, that's pretty good. I don't know. My second, or probably almost any of the X-Men because I love what he did with that series because it was it was... He wrote it during a time of a lot of really messed up things going on. And he wanted yeah. to create empathy in people to show that just because someone is different doesn't mean that they're bad. Right, right. So, honestly, probably any of the X-Men, Professor, yeah, Professor X. Yeah, I got to go with him. Professor X, When I cool. think of, like, moral compasses, I, I think of Charles. Right. And I, I got a copy of Spider-Man. Hulk's a close Hulk's second. Him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I always love the Hulk, and not because of the TV show. I like the Hulk, and then they did a TV show, so mm-hmm. Hulk is my second. But mm-hmm. and then over years, I've read different ones and enjoyed them. Uh, Walt Simonson's Thor and um, Frank Miller's Daredevil and, and other things. But no, yeah, it's always those characters. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it always goes back to um, Spider-Man, yeah. and you know that's probably what wrote one of the greatest lines in any comic ever, mm-hmm. um, even if it was some variation on something Churchill or anybody else had said, yeah. you know, decades earlier, but with great power comes great responsibility. You said that wrong. That's not how you wrote it exactly. It's with great power must also come great responsibility. Mm. That was the exact comment. Yes. And they changed it over the years. They shortened it to like great, yeah. great power. I don't know why they did that. That bothers me to this day. It, it flows better. I don't know what the call was. Yeah, I guess. And that's one of the problems with the Amazing Spider-Man movie with the remake with that, or the first Garfield. remake. Yeah, they never said that quote. Like, you guys had the opportunity with the aunt, you know, Uncle Ben called Peter Parker. His last message, just say that comment. And you wouldn't say that comment. Like, why not? <sighs> they were trying to detach themselves from the earlier ones, I guess. Well, then you detach even they more. They detached me right there. But, <laughs> but with the newest one, not, I don't want to get into the new but the newest one even detached even more. There's no Uncle Ben. No, I mean, well, the newest one, he's more established already. Yeah. I didn't bunt out another origin story. Yeah. But, yeah, that uh, we watched the other night. You know, the day that... It was announced he died. We watched Spider-Man, the, the first one, Tobey Maguire one that night. Um, I still think it's probably the most accurate for oh, the, who the character is and, and the comic book storytelling style, you know, at the beginning. And you get you get the line. You get Uncle Ben saying the line. You get um, an Aunt May who looks like she stepped right out of the drawing on the comic. I mean, that kind of stuff. No matter which one's best. I don't care about which movie's best. But you get so much of just pages off that comic oh, coming to life. Oh, just on that one. His cameo in that one, um, he actually saves a little girl. That's right. That's yeah. what it was. Okay, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. He got to be a hero. So we always mention in comic books, you know, you want to make another character, just introduce another character. Do you think they should introduce Stanley as a character in the comic books now and live forever? He already is. He's one above all. Well, He's I mean, the god of the universe. Is he, if, they, if that is true, I don't know if that's even true or not. I believe you. Let me look it up. <laughs> no, I, no I, that takes effort. Mm-hmm. But I'm simply saying that, like, a different character. 
um, a superhero maybe, or maybe the head of Shield, something where it's actually a Stan Lee. Well, I think I said this on a previous episode, but I'll bring it up again. My idea for a comic, I think it was like if you could do a comic, you know, what's your idea for one? Do a fictional autobiography, not auto, but fictional biography of Stan Lee. Do it as um, little Stanley as a little kid who finds some magic object. And, you know, when he's holding the magic object and he says the magic word Excelsior, he turns into a superhero. So, you know, you're, you're obviously stealing from the whole Captain Marvel Shazam thing there. But he becomes a hero and has adventures which inspired him later to then write all these kind of adventures. Mm-hmm. But that, that would have been maybe kind of cool. I don't know if you could, if you're going to put him into a comic, you'd have to do it something like a Watcher or, um, you know, the owner of the Daily the Daily Bugle. Mm-hmm. You know, you always see J. Jonah Jameson. You never see the owner of the Bugle. Yeah. You see the editor-in-chief. You know, have it, have it something where once a year for one or two panels, mm-hmm. you see Stan Lee make an appearance. That could work. That'd be cool. Yeah. I don't know. I think yeah. like, a, like a comic book shop owner. Oh yeah, that yeah, could be cool. That could be cool. Just, just something like that. Just like it's randomly every so often, one of the characters, like Miles Morales, Mike Swap walks in there. He's still a kid, I think. Buy some comic books and Stanley is there either. Something that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be that would work. Would be so. Anyways, this is it's difficult, man. This yeah. is this is a tough one. This well, is a tough episode. Um, Red over here, Miranda mm-hmm. uh, reminded me uh, one thing I did want to mention. Talking about the X Men. Mm-hmm. X-Men, Black Panther. I think you mentioned Black Panther yeah. um, earlier. Something that a lot of people forget, or a lot of people today don't know who are not old-time you know, fans or geeks or anything, is how much he went against um, culture and all the rest mm-hmm. when he created a lot of those books in the, in the 60s. I mean, yes, there was civil rights movements and all the rest, but the reason they had the civil rights movements is because there was, um, you know, unfair... Um, life for a lot of people. Right. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, X-Men is all about mm-hmm. um, that. I mean, yes, instead of it being about a specific minority, mm-hmm. he created a imaginary minority mm-hmm. with the mutants. But it was... It, it was, was all, all the metaphors and stuff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think that went a long way. I've always talked about how um, Sesame Street has done a lot throughout my life to help, you know, for, for our generation and, and beyond to get over some of the racism that exists. There's always going to be mm-hmm. some that's out there. But if you grew up watching Sesame Street, you grew up watching kids, different genders, different races. Mm-hmm. They didn't bother pointing that out. They didn't talk about that they were different. They were just friends. Right. They hung out together. Mm-hmm. They did stuff together. That's just the way life was. Mm-hmm. We're together. So I think by so many people growing up on X-Men and all the rest, it... It helped guide, you know, the development for a lot of a lot of kids mm-hmm. growing into adults. So, you know, it's never no one book, no one character, no one person is ever going to wipe out racism or anything else. Mm-hmm. But he probably did as much as anybody for absolutely for doing oh, yeah. that. He tried. He yeah. He I, I get nothing to say actually. Mm-hmm. He tried put it that way. Yeah, and that's all you can do is keep keep mm-hmm. on trying. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, any other any other Stanley stories, convention appearances, anything else that you've other than the so, occasional glimpses of him walking into an elevator, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Just a glimpses there at MegCon. I did see him once, and that was, thank God. I'm glad yeah. I saw him at least once. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen him on stage at least five times. I remember this time, the story you told me about him taking a nap at his panel. 
I don't remember that. Oh, I think it must have been somebody else. It must have been somebody, somebody else. else. Yeah. He was so he was like sitting at one of the panels at MegaCon or something like that, and he actually asked, it, "Would it be okay if I take a quick nap?" And everyone's oh. like, "Yeah, it's fine." <laughs> and he did. He took a quick thirty-minute nap, got back up, and started talking. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah, I did not see that one. That one I did not know about. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I've seen him at MegaCon probably twice, DragonCon a couple times, Fantasy Fair once. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I mentioned to you earlier, he bumped into me walking past me once, rode in the elevator with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and through all that, never got his autograph. So, uh, anybody yeah, but, in this room, he looked for his autograph. I'm the only one? That's crazy. Yeah. And you know that, um, we're the big comic fans. We can yeah. always, you know, take her out. And... Yeah. You have to find it first. It's in a safety deposit box under an, a- under an alias. No, I couldn't do that. If I had his autograph, it'd be framed on the wall. Mm. I mean, I got other autographs like that at home. Uh, yeah. um, Kirk Allen, the first Superman giant poster for meeting him. Aww. So that, you know, that's, yeah, you got Lois on that too. I remember you getting her yep. autograph. Yeah, it was MegaCon. Oh, that was years ago. I have uh, an original Shazam that it was uh, a hand drawn from Tim. Oh my gosh, what is his last name? I remember it was, he was one of the original Shazam artists before he became Captain Marvel. I do have to find Michael Turner drawing of a naughty ham somewhere at home. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways. All right, so um, looking at the clock on the wall, our time is almost up here. So, any last Stanley thoughts? Anything else we want to. There's just one thing, John Paul, and you can say it for his final comments of this show, I think. So I'm I'm good. I'm good. You're good? Any last thoughts? I'm good. All right. Well, I'm not going to say it. Only Stan Lee can say it. So for the Old Titans, I'm John Paul. B-Man. Miranda. 